Century World in the back three-fourths of this program. The next three segments all going to be about our journey up to Century World a couple of weeks ago, Stephen. But where we have to start our opening segment, which is brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. There has been a lot that has gone in the world on in the world of professional golf over the last week since we last had a show from, oh, a tour championship to reported names that are going to be joining Live Golf at some point very soon since they have an event coming up uh, this weekend. And, oh, by the way, giant information coming about out from the meeting that happened before the BMW and then the PGA Tour making some of these things into a reality in 2023. Where do you want to start with all this information? I want to start with the week that was for Mr. McElroy. He is the superhero that golf needed. And he delivered at a time that we needed him most as supporters of the PGA Tour and anti-livers. And I'm probably speaking on your behalf, but I, I, I think that that's accurate in saying that. Um, Rory went out there and rallied his troops around him and Tiger to create a new look PGA Tour. And we can jump all the way into that if you want. But essentially, bigger prize money, bigger events that get all the best players in golf playing the same events at the same time. That's the, the Cliff Notes version of the new PGA Tour schedule with a lot of, you know, bigger events. And starting for, in 2024. fans to, yeah. And, and starting in 2024, uh, you know, like a Monday night primetime virtual golf thing with him and Tiger. Yeah. I mean, night golf, two hours. Who knows what that's going to look like, but playing to the younger crowd, the newer generation of golfers, um, I, I, it's 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 all exciting, and then all this live stuff continues to come out. And what does Rory do? He comes down to the wire at the Tour Championship after making a seven on the first hole, Gabe Neitzel, <laughs> a triple bogey, and he comes out and wins the Tour Championship six back of Scotty Scheffler on Sunday to cap off an unbelievable year in probably the most wild year of golf that we have ever seen. Rory McIlroy, the hero that we needed, put the cape on, wins the Tour Championship, and in my mind, I think might have saved the PGA Tour and what it looks like moving forward, Gabe. Think about how hard it is to win some of these premier events in golf. They, Rory won three times in the PGA Tour season. He won the CJ Cup uh, about a little over a year ago now, or a little under a year ago, I guess, at this point, uh, in 2021, but that was the start of the wraparound. And he wins this year in the Canadian, and now he wins this one. Oh, by the way, he's been plotting with Tiger because while the announcement that the PGA Tour made last Wednesday, Stephen, was certainly rushed to an extent where... You know, they're, they're putting some things in motion in terms of the elevated events and getting more money in players' pockets. Like I feel like that's a little bit rushed, and they, they didn't have all the details that they need, and they're still going to figure that out. Like, Rory and Tiger have been part of this planning. Like, even though this was rushed, it's not like they came up with these ideas last week. It seems like, based on the reporting yeah. from No Laying Up and things like that, that these things have been in motion and that meeting was kind of getting everybody on the same page, going to the PGA Tour, and now the PGA Tour is doing what they're doing going forward. So Rory's been in meetings to overhaul the PGA Tour, how to make the PGA Tour more viable, how to make the PGA Tour be able to compete with Liv and keep the players that want to be on the Tour. 
And oh, by the way, he's been playing some pretty fantastic golf when you factor in everything he did at the majors, finishing top 10 in all four, winning one time, and now winning the Tour Championship by going out and defeating Scotty Scheffler. And, and while quietly, you know, creating this with Tiger Woods, he's been, you know, the face in front of the media of the PGA Tour and the anti-live movement and being kind of the vocal leader for the PGA Tour. I mean, it's not easy for him to sit down in all these press conferences before every tournament that he plays and answer questions, knowing that his sound bites and his quotes are going to be used the most about the future of golf. And, and I think he did an unbelievable job navigating that space for being a leader for the PGA Tour and trying to do his part in saving golf from becoming a, a broken sport. And that's essentially what Liv has done. It came, it came in, shook things up. A lot of the things that Liv was pushing for, the PGA Tour's future kind of looks like that. So you have to wonder how many of those guys are looking at the, the changes that the PGA Tour made and went, Ooh, I don't know if I made that jump too quick or not. Um, but it's 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 amazing what Rory was able to handle off the course and be able to deliver on the course the way that he did. And maybe some of these changes don't happen without Liv. Who I really don't know one way or the other. I, I have a feeling that's a very money good was, point. I think that's very. I think that's very fair. You know, I, I think some of the money's going up in a lot of these events, regardless, just based on how the new television contract works with the PGA Tour. Much like in the NFL, you see more money going to the players in the upcoming years once that NFL contract, that those TV contracts really kick in. Like over the next two years, that's going to be going up fifty million dollars uh, per team, by the way, that's uh, in the NFL. So you knew the money was going to be going up for the players. I don't know if some of these other things happen without Liv, but for, you know, one of the main complaints, and again, you have to take this with a grain of salt because, you know, most of these complaints from the Liv guys were completely false and they just wanted to take more money, which is fine. They just were not very honest about it, was, oh, you know, you hear Patrick Reed up there going, oh, they didn't listen to us. They didn't hear. It, It seems like. Listening to some players, and there's a great podcast that No Laying Up did with Keith Mitchell, by the way, that came out like right after everything happened on Wednesday. I highly recommend going and listening to that. It's like two hours. I understand it's very long, but really good insight from a PGA Tour player on what all these changes mean. It seems like to me, after gathering all this information over the course of the last five, six days, is that like nobody really has approached the PGA Tour with some of these ideas, that the players are now taking responsibility and taking the onus on themselves to make some of these changes because, oh, by the way, the PGA Tour is them. It's a player-run organization. So yep. it, it just seems like some of these complaints from Live Guys, like they never actually went to Jay Monahan. They never went to anybody in the tour and said, hey, why don't we make some of these changes? They just kind of took the money and ran. And, and look... These things are already having a tangible difference in my mind, Stephen, because while, yes, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman and those guys are still going to go to live and play you know, in Boston this upcoming weekend, a guy like Cam Young, who has had a tremendous rookie season, I mean, some of the comments he had after his round yesterday make it seem like he's staying with the PGA Tour because of these changes that Rory and Tiger and all these guys got together to make. Yeah, and I think that that is why that that players-only meeting that happened last week was so important because those were the people that Rory and Tiger singled out as saying, we want you on board. Here's our pitch to you. And, you know, you can't trust anybody right now <laughs> inside that room. I mean, I, I think I think anybody has proven that they can surprise you with what their decision about their future may be, in anything in life, but specifically in golf. And I think that was tiger and rory's chance to get those guys in the same place and say here's our vision 
you're with us or you're not. And we're going with it. And I think for the most part, they're going to find that most of those guys are going to have their back. And I think the game of golf is going to be better for it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. It's it's just so cool for Rory to go out there and be able to win it after everything he's put into the tour to be standing alone at the top. And look, you feel a little bit bad for Scotty Scheffler because he did have a great season, especially at the start of the season. And then you stop feeling bad when you notice he still gets $6.5 million. Yes, it's a big difference between <laughs> 6 and a half and 18 but... I think Scott Scheffler. I think it was five. Okay. I think it was five and a half because uh, Im backdoored his way into a T two. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. With, with Scotty, but uh, you know, a cool five point five million after winning five events during the year. It was a pretty good year for Scotty Scheffler. He will still be the PGA Tour Player of the Year, even though Rory uh, got the big check when it was all said and done. Um, but it, it was cool, Gabe, to to look at that leaderboard and see that competition, and something that we spoke about this entire golf season when it came to live you know the competition will always win out and watching rory and scotty go head to head in those final few holes you know that that's what gets your blood going in this sport and as a competitive golfer and you know people like you and i who love this game and love to play match play and love to you know to be in those moments it's cool to see the best in the world do it on the biggest stage. And that was the entertainment that I received on Sunday, watching those two go head to head and know that these are guys that I can watch every single week. And I can't wait for the future of the PGA tour when names like that are going to be at the top of your leaderboard week in and week out with these elevated events. Still so many things to talk about when it comes to this, and it's going to have to wait until next week's edition of On the Team. Uh, first, I need to tell you about our friends over at Fairways of Woodside. I was out there last Friday, course, in fabulous condition. It's a place where you can go play golf, get quality golf in, and have a great time. The atmosphere out at Fairways of Woodside is really what separates them from everybody else. Check them out, fairwaysofwoodside.com. The reason why everything else has to wait is because a couple of weeks ago, Stephen and I had the opportunity to go check out Somehow a hidden gem, even though it's on every top 10 list in the state of Wisconsin, Century World. It was both our first time up there. Cannot wait to talk about Century World, and we are going to do so with a couple people from Century World coming up next on the team. The opening segment was brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. On the Tee with Gabe and Steven continues next on 94.5 ESPN. Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. World is somehow a hidden gem, despite making every top 10 list that there is out there for golf courses in the state of Wisconsin. And Stephen and I had an opportunity a couple weeks ago to head up to Stevens Point and check out this golf course for ourselves. The next couple of segments are interviews that we did with Steve Marino. He's the championship director for the U.S. Senior Open being played at Potential World next year and the general manager of Central World as well, Mike James. Here's our conversation with those two. We are pleased to be joined with a couple of guys we got to play some golf with. Uh, Mike James, who's the general manager of Century World. Steve Marino, he is the championship director for the 2023 U.S. Senior Open. But before we get to the Senior Open, I want to talk about this golf course because it was an incredible opportunity. Oh, this is our first time up here for me and Steven, and we absolutely loved it. And even though 
this golf course, Mike, ends up on every, you know, Golf Digest, any list that you see at Wisconsin.golf with Gary D'Amato and those guys. This course always ends up on a list, yet it seems to be some sort of hidden gem despite being a top 10 course in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, it might be just our location in the state. We're in the center, you know, we're in north central Wisconsin. Uh, this has always been, you know, sought as a... As a uh, as a top destination golf course in Wisconsin. Uh, there's great golf in Wisconsin throughout, but I think maybe because we were for so many years just the only one in central Wisconsin. Of course, now the Sand Valley's nearby, you know, we're getting a little bit more uh, limelight uh, with the destination golf in Wisconsin. But uh, had a great time today, Gabe. That was, that was fun. <laughs> Steve, and, and I got to tell you, you absolutely killed the ball. I can't believe how far you hit the oh, ball. Oh, don't boost his ego. Come on. <laughs> He's heard it enough from me. I usually hype him up. Yeah. But how did this golf course come to be and kind of in the, in the shape that it's in? Because it's in tremendous condition. And, I mean, there are some things that are very unique about this place as well that you guys do, I think, to kind of make sure it stays in that, that tip-top shape. Yeah, you know, it's we're fortunate in that Century Insurance. Uh, we own, are central zoned by Century Insurance. You know, a large financial institution, uh, you know, helps to make sure that all the little details are done. We are all about details. And this is a Parkland-style golf course. And when you have a Parkland-style golf course, you have to maintain everything. You know, some courses you can let things go, but not here. You know, I will say a, a dandelion you know, it's like a beam from above, just there's a spotlight on that one dandelion here at Central. So we have to be very uh, on top of our game to make sure that this Parkland-style golf course is, a, you know, the premium setting, the premium condition. And, you know, I think that's generally what we are known for now. And people come to us year after year is that high-quality, detailed, conditioned golf course. And... In addition to the beauty of the golf course, I think one thing that stands out from playing this course is it's not your typical golf course that's looking to play as many rounds as possible. Um, when did you guys decide to go tee times every 20 minutes um, and the different amenities that you guys have added to this golf course over the years to really enhance the playing experience? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, we were 10 minute tee time intervals when we reopened the golf course in 2014 through 2019, um, we shut down for a couple years due to COVID. And, um, you know, we had an opportunity to do some additional work to the golf course. We, we put in sub-air systems in all 18 of our greens, even some uh, the practice greens, uh, drip irrigation system, et cetera. So we were really, I'll call it dialing it in the condition of the golf course and really what we wanted to be. Our chairman of Century Insurance, Pete McPartland, um, had always wanted to make sure that the conditions of the golf course were solid throughout the year, not just at the beginning or the mid, but all the way through the season. And so we found that as as we were playing our, our typical 10-minute uh, tee time intervals, when we got towards the end of the season, the golf course started to get beat up. And so we wanted to take a little different approach with that. And so you know, our chairman said, you know, we're not about 
we don't judge ourselves by how many rounds we play. We judge ourselves by the quality of the experience that golfers have here. So as we took a look at, at a, from an experience standpoint, what do golfers like? Well, one thing they don't like is pace of play, you know, poor play, pace of play. So one way to, you know, take care of that is to extend the tee time interval. So we went from 10 minutes to 20 minutes. I'd say that is one of the biggest uh, positive comments that we get from our golfers now that we, you know, reopen this year is, you know, you just, well, you saw we were out there today and did we see anybody? It feels like nobody else is out there playing the golf course. Exactly. And that's what we hear over and over again. And you know, from an experience standpoint, let's get to that point where we have plenty of time even if you're kind of a beginner golfer or an average golfer, you know, that's intimidating for some players to get on a packed golf course and they're worrying about everybody else. So, you know, we looked at that. You know, the other thing, when we, we talk about the experience, we, another thing that is a frustration for golfers is beverage carts. You know, so sometimes you have a beverage cart service, you know, you might tee off and you first see the beverage cart on the 13th or 14th hole. And that's a frustration. And then, sometimes you a beverage cart will kind of come around the corner at the wrong time and flash into your peripheral, and now you're, you know, th thrown off your game and you hit a bad shot. So we don't have beverage carts here. We created these comfort stations, these uh, re refreshment stations, and basically those are, as you saw them, you go in and it's just like a Willy Wonka's <laughs> chocolate factory. You know, you just go in and you grab stuff. And Mike, there's Mike did teach me how to, to eat ice cream like a pro today. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> amateur eaters and there's professional eaters. And uh, we're not just talking about Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I mean, I, I don't even think that does it the proper do because there were pop rocks in there. Like I felt like I was a ten year old living my best life in that snack shop. Yeah. You know, in, addition, in addition to like a full meal and full drink service of alcoholic, non-alcoholic beverages. I mean, as a, I felt like I was 10 in there. Like I, I had my pick of every, of every single nostalgic food item in my life. It was awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely spectacular. As uh, we talk with Mike James, he's the general manager of Century World on the team, 94.5 ESPN. I can't believe we've gone this long and haven't brought up the 16th hole, which, by the way, isn't even my favorite hole on the golf course, but it's the most famous hole, certainly on the golf course, the flower hole. What was the, th I mean, do you know the history behind that hole, why that hole came to be, and how many flowers are on that hole? Yeah, it's really a fascinating story. You know, you think back 40 plus years ago when the whole Century Road Golf Course was coming to creation or formation, it was uh, then Century's chairman, John Jonas, and, and our golf course architect, Robert Trent Jones Jr., they were laying out the golf course back in the late 70s, and we're trying to figure out how the last three holes were going to play out. And uh, he had just returned from Holland, where they have the Festival of Flowers every year. And so he came back, and he, the back of a napkin, started drawing out this hole, which turned into the flower hole. And so when, they, when John and, and uh, Bob, Robert Trent Jones Jr., you know, got to that point, there was this question where... Robert Trent Jones Jr. asked, well, you know, if a golfer were to hit their ball in, that in those flowers, you know, by rule, they're able to hit it out. You know, so there's this 
temporary pause and John Jonas said, you know what, here's how we're gonna do this. He said, I'm gonna put a staff member right by the green so that anybody who hits their ball into the flowers, the staff member would give them a new ball, they drop it and proceed. Um, and if anybody chose to go into the flowers and hit that shot, he said, I'm instituting the chairman's rule. And the chairman's rule is that if anybody hit the ball out of the flowers, they'll never be able to play the golf course again. <laughs> And, and that's the story of uh, the flower hole. There's 33,000 flowers, 33, flowers planted-ish. This year, there's 33,000. Every year, it changes slightly, uh, different num numbers of flowers. But uh, this year, 33,000. And, um, you know, right now, they're at full peak, and they're beautiful, and it's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of pictures are taken of, uh, of their moments on the tee at the flower hole. Yeah, it's certainly one of those wow holes when you step onto the tee box. Um, but when we were speaking, playing the hole, you had mentioned that depending on what year you play this course, it's going to look different, which I think is pretty unique about the flower hole, no? Well, yeah, the, 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 if the amount of time that we spend on the flower hole every year, it, it, you probably wouldn't want to know us a lot. Just to get the decoration, the design right, um, and we've had 40 years to learn and what works and what doesn't work. So we think we're pretty good at this. But, um, yeah, we, we hire somebody to plant the flowers. First of all, design them, the, the hole. Then they plant the flowers in a greenhouse. They grow them. And, and around Memorial Day, they, this, this crew, this company brings them out, plants them. It takes about, I don't know, three or four days and then every Monday they come out and they weed the flowers. If some flowers are a little, you know, lacking or they're struggling a little bit, they'll flip, switch them out. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a full process. And then in the fall, when we get to the kind of September time period, they start to lose their luster and then we pull them and start the process over again. We're going to talk more about the 2023 U.S. Senior Open that's coming to Century World. That's coming up next. First, I do want to tell you about Annex Wealth Management, a proud sponsor of On the Tee. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. More about Century World coming up next on the Tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. When it comes to Century World here on the tee game, Nigel Stephen Watson, we were lucky enough to get up here and play it and, and kind of preview it before the 2023 U.S. Senior Open. As uh, we're, we're talking with Mike James, who's the general manager of Century World, we also have Steve Marino, who's the championship director of the 2023 uh, U.S. Senior Open that's going to be happening here next June. So we're going to have a couple of senior events here in the state of Wisconsin next year. Very exciting, of course, with the uh, the AmFam Championship down in Madison and now the Senior Open up here. So, Mike, uh, I know there was a USG event here in 2019. I remember watching it on TV. The the, the junior am, the, the girls junior amateur that was up here, it was thrilling to watch. It was a great finish. But I'm guessing the course has to be set up a little bit differently for the girls junior am versus the senior men's open. Oh, no doubt. So um, just a quick point on this. So when we reopened in 2014, um, our, our chairman, Pete McPartland, and I had a conversation said, let's see what kind of golf national golf tournament we can host here and let's kind of let this ferrari run a little bit we knew we had a new 
you know, beautiful ride and we wanted to see what it could do. So, you know, we went out and we started looking at what golf tournaments we could host. And uh, went, we, we were able to connect with the USGA. And there's a formal process that we go through to, to apply for a championship. And we were able to get the 2019 Girls Junior Championship. And, uh, and we got that in about 2017. So we had two years roughly to, to prepare for that. And our goal here when we went into this championship or agreed to do it was say we're going to make this the best damn girls junior they'd ever seen i mean we went all in yes. and it just wanted to make sure they had a great experience everybody and and we we really executed that i mean every, from everybody who's talked about of the usga and such we really did a great job hosting that championship and the community really embraced it as well so uh, you know we once that final putt was dropped in the girls junior Almost immediately, we were talking with the USGA about what's next. And and fortunately, uh, because of what we did for the girls' junior, they said, you know what, we're ready. You're, you're ready for the uh, a senior open. So, great. However, a little caveat there, however, we need to prepare the golf course a little bit differently for the, for the major championship. And so we went uh, through a thorough process, and it was really interesting working with the USGA and Robert Trenchrones Jr. We brought uh, RTJ back and Bruce Charlton, who they worked together, the same team, and, and looked at this golf course hole by hole through the lens of the USGA. They, they know what the players see on, the, on each tee, on each hole. So they were able, able to help us kind of plot out the widths of the fairways so the fairways were narrowed considerably. Uh, some new bunkers were added off the tee, so you know you know that they know that driving average that these players are comfortable hitting, so they'll put a bunker there to make them think. Um, for those who played the golf course previous to 2019 or earlier, we had things called kicker slopes, which were closely mown area that would help kick the ball towards the green. The USGA for Senior Open Championships and Major Championships, they want the ball to bounce the other way. They don't want it to go towards the green. They want to penalize you. So we had to modify those areas. Um, we added some tees to, to get our length and to get those bunkers right exactly where we want them and to get more flexibility. Um, you know, I think holistically we, we looked at every single hole, and I would say there might be one or maybe two holes that we really didn't do anything to. They were good as is. Number two, as an example. They said, mm, that's tough enough. It's long enough. <laughs> Can't go, ahead, go ahead and keep it. <laughs> go ahead and keep it. But uh, a lot of the other ones, you know, we had to, we had to tweak. And, and I actually think, and we went into this, the USGA does not want us, they don't want us to get a, only create our golf course for one week of the year. They wouldn't do that to us. So we craft, we were kind of craftily got things to where I think the golf course is stronger from a day-to-day -day standpoint, but still playable. And it's, it's just a matter of the rough, how high the rough is going to be or how fast the greens are going to be is what the, or how far back they're going to play is what's going to create the challenge for the senior open. And I want to bring in Steve Marino, who's the championship director of the 2023 U.S. Open. Steve, uh, what excites you most about this site hosting an event of this caliber? You know, I think the best, 
best way to describe it is we're really looking to put central Wisconsin, Stevens Point, and Century World on the map, really for the, on a global stage, um, you know, telecast globally, live, and really just showcase what a beautiful destination it is, what a great golf course it is, and really what a hidden gem in the, you know, the Midwest and, and certainly in Wisconsin it, it is. So uh, we want everybody to come out. We really want everybody to have a great time, and it's a beautiful piece of property that hopefully everybody can see for themselves. How many people are you expecting to, to come to Central Wisconsin next year for the U.S. Senior Open? We're expecting between fifty-five to 75,000 for the week, so between uh, Tuesday through Sunday. So when do you have to start getting everything ready? I mean, I'm guessing the sprint is on here because we have less than 12 months before the championship is going to be here at Century World. Correct. We're um, full bore mode, head down, grinding every day. So uh, it's really a three-year planning process for a, a senior open like this. And uh, with this being a new host site, um, a new event here to central Wisconsin. There was some, you know, there's obviously some hoops you have to jump through and things you have to learn along the way. So uh, not like a traditional event where it's the same host site every year where you can kind of dust off the playbook eight months, nine months out and, you know, tweak what worked. Um, it's really about making sure that we get dot the T's and cross the I's, as uh, Mr. Mike James here said earlier today. Um, I think for golf fans in Wisconsin, the opportunity to see Steve Stricker and Jerry Kelly, they get that chance in Madison every year with the AmFam Championship, but for them to compete for a major championship in their home state, um, what is that going to be like for you guys from an excitement level to have the faces of Wisconsin golf competing in their home state for fans here that know them well? Yeah, I'm going to answer that question because I'm a Wisconsinite. Steve's from Connecticut and <laughs> Florida, guys. So he's, you know... I mean, hey, everybody loves Steve Stricker. I'm sure you got some uh, guys yeah, yeah. going to throw some compliments his way. I'm sure we'll take them. Well, you don't have to look very far. I mean, week by week, every week, Jerry Kelly and Steve Stricker are battling it out for wins. I mean, these guys are playing at the top of their game. Of course, from we were being from Wisconsin, we're always pulling for our guys, and they're two great guys, and they represent the state so well. Uh, I, I might have this. I think I have this right. Jerry Kelly in the last five senior opens that he played in. I think he was in the top 10 three times. And Steve Stricker played it twice and won once. So this championship is geared for their games. And, uh, you know, Padraig Harrington, you know, one thing that's kind of fun that's evolved in this is Padraig Harrington won this year, 2022, at Saucon Valley. And, and Steve Stricker was coming up the rear and almost got him. And of course, those are two Ryder Cup captains, and you know, so they're in a bat. And you could tell they were chirping back and forth a little bit, very friendly. But I love that little bit of uh, banter that uh, that's already started, and maybe that'll uh, parlay into next year and see those two and 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 Jerry Kelly battling out. I mean, great to be the three of them, uh, you know, trying to win this Senior Open here at Century World. So. Our last segment of the show, we always talk about our favorite, you know, we, we do a course review. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more about Century World and some of our favorite holes. But now that you've been out here, Steve, uh, what are some of your favorite holes? What are some of your favorite parts about Century World as a golf course? You know, I know you and I, uh, Gabe, were talking about this earlier. Um, I personally love, I personally love all the short but test, testful par fours. So, um, there's some of them that have a lot of risk reward to them. I think eight is a great hole, 
the bunker complexes along the fairway. It really makes you think on what you want to do in the tee shot, elevated greens with basically what you could consider a VW bug and kind of the middle left half of the green where if you're on the wrong side, it's, you know, difference between a one putt or a three putt. So I love that. Um, you know, I love all the, the tightly mown areas in front of the greens. I think there's a lot of playability here for every, every aspect or um, skill level. So I think that's wonderful. The beautiful sand. Um, but it's just a fun, fun golf course. And uh, it's going to be a great test for the, for the pros when they come out here next year. That's for sure. All right, Mike, let's hear it. You play this course a lot. Yep, yep. yep. So uh, if I said 16 would be my favorite hole, I could probably get away with it. But I would be lying a little bit. It is. I love the hole. And it's a nostalgic nostalgia behind it but uh actually i think there are a few other holes that i i like more five has always been a lot of fun the cape hole it kind of wraps around the water gabe you hit that tee shot <laughs> my god i can't believe how far he hit that over the over this little island and you know made it look like a little uh pitch and putt course but i i love the the setting that's around there and i think you know each shot for me i have to think and um, but there are some holes that I I love to play. Eleven, you talked about a short hole, is a fun hole, and you can really make a good score there. Fifteen, I think, is a great hole. It only has one bunker on it. But if if you know if you gave me four on that hole for the rest of my life, I'd be happy because it's just not an easy par. Um, Somebody who made I think a six or seven today. Yeah, yeah. Can't agree. Yeah, but I think I, may I think put it off the green. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're gonna put it up and then came back down. Yes, I did have a four putt. Yeah, yeah. Go on, sorry. But I think I think really every I think the best courses have a great 18th hole, and for me, I think our 18th hole, pound for pound, is as good of a 18th hole as any championship course. Makes you think, makes you shape your shot. And uh, it's just a really good setting, a backdrop with a hotel on the left or new inn, and then the uh, Century Road in the backdrop. Guys, I just want to say thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for letting us uh, go out and play your golf course today. Uh, I guarantee you're going to be hearing from us again uh, to get out here and play, and I guarantee you're going to be hearing from us again because we're going to be wanting to come up here and, and cover this uh, great event because major championship golf in the state of Wisconsin is always great, and, and the fact that a new place outside of some of the places that already had been showcased by the USGA, by the PGA of America, um, I can't wait for this place to get that spotlight next June with the U.S. Senior Open. Yeah, And I also will say that this is much more than a golf course up here. What you have built with the hotel, the room that we're sitting in right now is beautiful, you know, overlooking the 18th hole. Um, I can't talk enough about the, the snack bars. I mean, that, that, that is all world material. And it's part of the, the package when, when you come out here and you pay for your greens fee. All of that stuff is included. Um, it's, it's a model that we're seeing a lot in modern golf today about um, enhancing your experience far beyond the game of golf. And what you guys have here is special. Um, and I will tease our next segment by saying 16 is the most Instagrammable hole on this golf course, but it is not my favorite hole. And it, that says a lot about how amazing of a golf course this is. Yeah, I can't wait to talk more about this golf course. Thank you so much, guys. Stephen and I give our review of Central World coming up next on the tee. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more on the tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. For it's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. On the tee, on the tee. 
So excited to continue to talk about our trip up to Century World. But first, I do want to tell you about one of the top five polar courses in the United States. It is the Bog. Beautiful, challenging, playable in Sockville. Golfthebog.com is their website. It, it, a couple of tight, narrow holes. If you walk away from the Bog with a good score, you know you played well that day. Golfthebog.com is their website. Of course, host of so many events with the Mac Fund and host of the ESPN Milwaukee Open. The Bog open for your business right now. So Gabe Knights and Stephen Watson, Time for us to give our thoughts on Century World, thanks to our friends at Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. So, Stephen, the first thought, my initial thought, after walking off 18 at Century World, was the par fours. They're all so unique. They're all so different. And I understand, we've talked about this, it's a little different for me off the tee than, than some others. But I hit driver, three wood, five wood, four iron, five iron. I hit five different clubs yeah. off of those tees at the par fours. And that's to me, you want to make sure you're in the right spot. Sometimes you can just bomb away. Sometimes you have to bomb away. And it just make the par fours make you think out there. And it's rare to have so many par fours that make you think because a lot of golf courses now will have a drivable par four or one that you have to really have a good risk reward type of mentality when you're going off the tee. There's a good four or five of them on this golf course. Um, And for a Parkland course, that's rare because when you're dealing with trees and you're dealing with water, it's hard to make them that uniquely different. And I felt like There are 12 different holes on this golf course that are played on water, and all of them presented unique challenges of how to play around that water. Some of it was behind the green, some of it was to the left of the green, some of it was to the right of the green, and you add the Parkland-style complex, and I think that the par fours are what make this golf course shine, even though I know I teased it in the previous segment. The flower hole gets the credit for being the beautiful hole. The one that is on Instagram and the one that we are, you know, tweeting about when we go out to Century World. Um, And it's an unbelievable, uniquely cool golf course and beautiful, obviously. But this course shines because of its par four, Gabe. And, And I think the fact that there are so many different ones that make you think differently um, that's what I'm going to take away from Century World and the feeling of standing on the tee box, something we talked about so often during this round, standing on the tee box and thinking, wow, these sight lines are amazing. Yeah, I just think of, I mean, there are a lot of shorter par fours, but it's not just, okay, bomb it up there. Uh, I, I think of the eighth as a par four where, yeah, I, I, you could drive it up there, try to go for the green, but it's just so protected by the bunkers, and it becomes such an uphill bunker shot. Doesn't really seem worth it. It was a hole you hit a great wedge shot on. You, you know, laid up kind of short of the bunkers. That's what I tried to do as well, because there are also bunkers in the landing zone that maybe you want to land in, you know, with the with the uh, with your layup shot. So you have to make really good decisions. Uh, Eleven was another unique yeah. drivable par four, kind of around the corner, but don't go too long. I, I can really see that at the U.S. Senior Open next year being a really cool hole if they put a back pin location because yeah you can go after it but if you hit it just a little bit long you're going to end up in water i think 11 through 13 is the strongest stretch on that golf course they all have a lot of water on them uh, but that is a way that you can watch your round 
be great or where I think a lot of these guys in the U.S. Senior Open are going to watch their rounds go to die because there's a lot of places to get in trouble. But it is such a cool experience to have that par three that is essentially an island green on 12, I believe, and then 13, which is teaser my favorite hole in the course oh, uh, but it, it's a long drive you know you got to carry a lot of water and then you have a really tight wedge shot and i don't know if they were just trying to roll out the red carpet but they put some <laughs> sunday pins on us on this round at century world because they were tucking them behind the water left right side of the green um but i i think 11 through 13 is my favorite part of this golf course it all has to be around water and you know, they're all uniquely different challenges off the tee. So some of my favorite holes, UT's 13. So 13 is definitely my favorite hole, too, because it's a demanding tee shot. There's a centerline bunker that you have to avoid, you know, that's going to be landing, I don't know, between 250, 270, like two price 265, that bunker comes in play, if that's going to be your landing spot. Uh you know, but then it's not over after that. There's water all the way up the left-hand side, and we played a back-left pin, one of those Sunday pins you were just talking about, which, oh, by the way, brings the water in play again. Front-right pin, you, you're not going to have to worry about the water, but the back-left pin, the water comes in play once again. It, it was just a cool hole um, that, that you got to navigate around. I, I really like 17 as well because it presents a number of different options. Um, I, I elected to try to go for the green. I paid the penalty for it or try to bang one up by the green or you can just you know try to hit one uh more of a layup type shot but it also you have to hit a good one you can't hit it too good otherwise you end up in bunkers if you don't hit it well enough there's a giant tree right at the dog leg is the dog legs right that's going to obstruct your view obstruct your next shot of the green so you really have to work your way around that and then uh, in, in terms of par fives like the ultimate risk reward par five i think it's hole six hole five or six um it is yeah, the five is the dog leg left. Very kind of similar to six at Bay Hill, the hole where last year Bryson DeChambeau was really able to cut off a ton. The difference is you can't see it all. There's like an island out in the middle of the pond that has a bunch of trees in it. So you're trying to, if you want to get aggressive and kind of cut it around, then you can. You can lay back and, and just hit it out to the dog leg right where it is. That leaves for a longer second shot. The water's all the way down the left-hand side. Uh, it, it's just a really unique golf hole that you don't see a lot of places. And I really enjoyed number nine, which is a Another shorter par five that has a lot of like kind of a snaking water complex throughout the middle of the fairway just in front of the green. It's one of those shorter par fives that kind of plays into the the par fours that we talked about where, yeah, you can certainly get there in two. I mean, I got there in two and um, I mean, I was just off to the right in the, in the side bunker. But, you know, when I'm hitting a middle iron on a second shot on a par five, I feel pretty good about myself. Um, but there, that we got lucky because the pin was off to the right. But if they tuck that on the left side behind the snaking water, if you're short, you're wet. And I think we're going to see that in the senior open too, where they're going to make some tough pin placements where you really have to drop a dart onto that green for if you're trying to get there in two. Yeah, and the ninth you were talking about is going to play as a par four. It's, it's a little bit shorter. They're going to play it as a par four for the U.S. Senior Open. And speaking of the Senior Open, what what's going to be intriguing for me the most, Stephen, is they have so many different tee boxes that they can use and really manipulate 
okay, this is how long we want this hole to play today. This is how long we want this hole to play today. They can make that course play so wildly different because they have so many options off those tee boxes that they have at Century World. I'm, I can't wait for the seniors to get up there next summer. And it's going to look amazing on TV um, because we just went this whole segment without really jumping into the flower hole because they are going to shoot that beautifully. 33,000 flowers on that golf hole. I feel bad for the interns who have to go out there and plant those every season. And it's unique that every season it looks different. Um, It's such a really, really special golf place, but also a really special golf experience. And I think that's that's what we had being out at Century World. And I think about kind of the landscape of Wisconsin golf, Gabe, and we are so lucky to have complexes in Kohler, complexes in Sand Valley, Aaron Hills, Century World. Those are championship-level courses that offer you completely, uniquely different golf experiences based on the track itself. Hospitality aside, Aaron Hills, of course, you have that, you know, you got the fescue, and it's more of a link style. Sand Valley, I mean, you don't see that in any, really any courses in the state. And then you have championship, Ryder Cup, you know, major championship level whistling straights. And they have a Parkland course like we played at Century World um, that have you walking off the course thinking, wow, in a span of three hours, we get some special experiences. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I know we'll probably touch on a lot of this next season as well. But like you start thinking about the collection for the size of the state and the population of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Thornberry Creek hosted an LPGA Tour event. Brown Deer hosted a PGA Tour event. Tuckaway hosted a PGA Tour event. Uh, University Ridge, uh, PGA Tour Champions events. Then, all the ma- then, then you start hitting the majors, right? Black Wolf Run, Whistling Straits, Aaron Hills, Century World next year. They've already hosted one USGA event. And oh, by the way, Sand Valley, which is just making every top 100 list in the country because of what the Kaisers have been able to do up in the middle of Wisconsin in land that nobody wanted. Yeah, we are incredibly blessed here in the state of Wisconsin with all the championship course we, uh, courses we have. And Century World, neither of us had been up there, um, and it's spectacular. I, I cannot recommend it enough. I know, you know, the price, it's 275 bucks, but when you start factoring in that that price includes the beer you're going to drink on the course, the snacks you're going to have, lunch, and all the different amenities that they have with those hospitality stations, to me, it starts to become a pretty good value pretty quickly. I haven't seen snack stations like that on any golf course I've ever played. When it's all-inclusive like that, sign me up, baby. I I joked that I think this is finally going to be the way that I can get my wife to fall in love with golf. We go up to Century World. She raids the snack stations. She can tolerate four hours on the golf course with me. It's a win-win. And again, big thanks to uh, Steve Marino and Mike James for having us up there at Century World. Uh, and we heard from them earlier. If you missed that, make sure you check it out, Wisconsin On Demand. We'll be back with more golf talk next week on the team. 